You're listening to a Big Finish production. And it's nearly Halloween. Ooh. I should have done the owl then, shouldn't I? Ooh. That's better, isn't it? You're better, better. There's a saying in my world. You can take the girl out of the witch, but you can't take the witch out of the girl. At least I think that's how it goes. Anyway, dear listener, I'm happy to report it's wrong. I'm the proof. This is the Big Finish Podcast, scaring you almost to death from the 28th of October, 2018. And I hope you'll all join me in giving a big welcome back to Benji Clifford. Benji, are you truly delighted to be back in the bosom of Big Finish's audio world of audiobooks and audio drama featuring such classics as Doctor Who, Blake Seven, Torchwood and so on? Oh, I most <laughs> certainly am. Thank you so much for Jamie for keeping this chair warm whilst I was oh, away. Yes. Uh, great comments on the old social media about him and holding the fort and Hi I there. thank him for that as well. Yeah, people saying they enjoyed it, which is nice. Did they? Yeah, it's lovely. Nice. I didn't. Oh, well, thank goodness. But no, yeah. I'm, I'm pleased to be back and, and doing this. Um, for those of you who don't know where I've been, I went off to Munich uh, for a few days. Um, a trip which I forgot I was going on until about two, three weeks ago. And, and then it, I realised, because I booked it about a year ago. I went to see this a band the trouble, over isn't there, it, when you, you book see. in advance, yeah. I went, yeah, I just completely forgot about it. I went to see a band called, Clan, uh, not Clannard, like Clannard, called Fowen. Um, oh, that's right, I remember you mentioned that, yeah, because I said, are they called <laughs> they're really good actually really talented musicians and playing all these instruments which uh you know haven't haven't been you know universally played for for many many uh years from all medieval weird and wonderful things um mm, was it like carrie blyton and uh, doctor who and the silurians <laughs> it was a bit actually <laughs> there were a lot of uh, fun flutes and oboes and things like that it was it was a bit that way mm. um yeah and i went yeah i was in munich in a beautiful uh, city of culture and history um the architecture there is absolutely beautiful i've never seen anything quite like it it was a bit like if, if you don't want to go to rome and you want to go somewhere else just go to munich because it just looks roman there's <laughs> there's just loads of te- temples there loads of beautiful temples and i went to a few few art galleries saw saw me a van gogh uh did all that business um went on a few tours and that and uh, i went uh, to um it was really one of the most emotional things of my life was going to um i went to dachau um which if, if yeah it was it was the concentration the concentra- camp the concentration yeah. camp and um it was so emotional um mm. brilliantly done in the sense that like the way they preserved it and made it you know they it felt so um respectful there you know it was very quiet and people were going about their business apart from people taking loads of photos which i thought was a bit odd but um yes, it's weird it's, it's i mean it's a real lesson from history seeing really grim stuff like that i imagine i think when you see it with your own eyes because it's very easy to watch documentaries and read about it in books but when you're there and you're standing in that place and it's all very real and um and you you get an audio uh, tour as well which you can click things to hear personal accounts of people there Uh, of course when you when you're walking the same places that they're talking about and and seeing the same things um it just you, you know, you see you see kids going in there all laughing and having a bit of fun because they're on a school trip. You see them leaving totally quiet and totally because mm-hmm. it's you you just as as it unfolds, you, you realise, you know, uh, what what happened there. But the true um, horrors of it, yeah, yeah. But you know, it was a it was an amazing trip though, and it was it was a great. Uh, place to, to go to I'm, I'm quite thankful not to be eating all the sausages anymore I came home the, fir- <laughs> the first thing I did was was go out and buy loads of uh, corn uh, products and loads of corn mints and, and, veg- and vegetables I thought I'm not going to eat meat for a long time because you, you just can't get anything that's not sausage uh, or pork there uh, uh, it was really it was really hard I was like I'll just have a salad and then the salad turns up with loads of ham in it and you're just like oh Okay, one of those. Well, 
I've, by the way, I've just been sent the uh, the cover for, uh, apropos of nothing except a news story coming up later, the cover for Planet of the Drashics has just oh. arrived. I just listened to episode one of it without music yet. Yes, as well. Great. Anyway, sorry to distract. That's sort of crash in on something rather solemn with a Doctor Who reference. Uh, by the way, listeners uh, and Benji, you're just in time for a bit of a shake-up of the podcast format. Mm. You know, the kind of shake-up that happens to programmes from time to time. We just thought we'd vary it a bit. And when I say we, I kind of just mean me, I suppose. <clears throat> so coming up in this podcast, it will be uh, 45 minutes of interpretive dancing uh, <laughs> through audio only, um, in which you'll just have to interpret yeah. what goes on. Um, that but- reminds me a little bit of a film I saw recently, Entebbe, which has some interpretive dancing in it, which I felt got <laughs> entirely in the way of the story. But that's a controversial view. I'd carry on, too, please. That was your interpretation. <laughs> it was, indeed. I'm going um, to do an interpretive dance about how I didn't like the interpretive dance. God, that's remarkable. Oh, I like that. Oh. <laughs> for anybody that I can, I'll describe it for you. Nick was sort of flailing his arms around a bit, like you know those uh, you know those uh, inflatable men that you see outside garages. Inflatable. That infl- inflatable men. That <laughs> I like inflatable. I like. I like that. And Nick's, I was Nick, completely inflatable. It was completely inflatable. No one could float me. Nick's head was uh, going in front of the light there, which was creating a sort of wonderful strobe effect. Oh, and, yeah, of course I've got that big light. And it all finished off with a wonderful sort of uh, cascade from Nick's hands as they moved out from his mouth. It was marvellous. It was really worth a, worth a watch. Oh, thanks, Benji. I'm quite moved after that performance. Well, I was fact, moved. I think I've moved about two centimetres. Yes. <laughs> Probably pulled a muscle now. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we'll go straight on to the news in a few moments. Then that'll be followed by a brand new podcast segment called The archive tease in which we give you a 15 minute tease of an old 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 big finnish audio drama yes starring jeffrey belden no Um, uh, and we're starting this brand new very exciting it says here segmento uh with a trip down memory lane for me yeah, since I'm here, over the next few weeks, months, from time to time, I'll be dropping us back into my past life to share with you memories of my personal journey through Big Finish, I suppose. A uh, bit self-indulgent, yeah. Uh, but you know me, I'm sitting in this chair. Uh, might as well chat about it, I say. Well, this week, we go right back to the beginning, uh, to The Sirens of Time, or, uh, which is the first ever Big Finish Doctor Who adventure, released back in 1999, the year the moon blasted out of Earth's orbit. <laughs> uh, maybe I got that bit wrong. Maybe... Did it happen? I don't know. Did you get it wrong? Q conspiracy theories. Um, Then after the archive tease, we'll be wrapping up our Doctor Who early adventures competitions and unwrapping a brand new one. And that'll be followed by, you guessed it, listeners' emails. Oh, I missed them last week. By jingo, I did, I tell you. And then we finish things off with our traditional 15-minute drama tease, throwing forward to an upcoming Dark Shadows release, which we thought entirely appropriate for the weekend before Halloween. The Tony and Cassandra Mysteries Series 2, The Mystery of Stoneheart Studios by Philip Meeks. And it's a corker, Benji! How are your Halloween celebrations shaping up? Well, I was going to have a quiet one, you know, watch a bit of Ghost Watch for the Benji and Nick show. Um, but um, I've been informed that uh, I've got to go out this weekend on a night uh-huh. out in town, dressing up with uh, my sister and uh, our group Trick of friends. Or treat. Trick or treat. Um, so we're going to go out for a few drinks, and I'm going, I think, as as uh, a vampire because I'm trying to think of bearded Halloween things, and it, I found it quite difficult to think of things that that actually. You're trying to think about you got me Frankenstein with a beard, or maybe you can beard and well, just a ghost. Yeah, just a I ghost mean, I, with a beard. I just went one year. The only year I think I've ever dressed up for Halloween as an adult. I just the only thing I had in my wardrobe at the time that resembled a costume was someone uh, whose father had retired from being a vicar, had, <laughs> had given me all his vicar clothes, you know, the Amazing. dog collar and everything. So I just decided to go as a dead vicar. <laughs> So That's just painted awesome. my face white and green and scars and everything and uh, and then just suddenly thought oh my goodness I'm going to have to get on public transport dressed like this so I chickened out and got a taxi <laughs> oh yeah but still it's a good costume reminds me I think the best one I've ever done was years ago me and my friend Tom um, we we didn't plan on going out and um, it got you know when you get to the point where it's like a Saturday and everybody's having fun you think I'll go on then I thought, well, what can we do we thought, I've got an idea. We said, right. I said, I've got some white face paint. Uh, I said, have you got a dressing gown? 
Um, and he said, yes. I said, great. He said, we'll both wear our dressing gowns, some long johns, we'll white our faces up, and we'll just say we've died in our sleep. And we went on a whole night out, right, in, in, in October, wearing our dressing gowns, slippers, uh, and, and long johns. And do you know what? It was the most comfortable night of my entire life. It was so lovely. Because you see all these jealous people, these, these women freezing cold in very small outfits and blokes with uncomfortable masks on. And then there's us sitting there having, you know, having a nice pint nice. in our dressing gowns. Like, lovely. That's <laughs> oh. good, isn't it? I love, I love him just the idea of inventing things for Halloween because everyone thinks, oh, I must do the Dracula, I must do the mummy, all this kind of thing. And you say, well, we died in our sleep, so I'm a dead vicar. You know, that, that yes, famous yeah. dressing up thing that everyone always does, the dead vicar. <laughs> I love it though. Any You're excuse doing the to be a vicar, vicar again, Nick. Oh, very good. Yeah, I never did it again. By the way, I did once go as um, a werewolf. Oh, that's a cracker. <clears throat> who hadn't transformed yet? <laughs> Great. So I just went in a normal suit, but I had a I had a hairy claw hand thing. Oh, I like it. Every now and again. I, I'd put my hand in my pocket and then bring it out and go, it's happening! Oh! <laughs> and then stagger off and then come back and go, it's all right, I'm better now. I'm better now. So I just had to, had to just take Something a between my teeth, but I don't know what. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so if any of you are worrying about our latest releases section or the guest star interview, they'll both be along next week. From now on, we're going to be doing a sort of alter- alternating alternating my mouth for something that works. Um, uh, we're alternating our podcast features for extra variety and in the interest of not overloading you with such a gargantuan podcast. Some of them have been truly epic in size recently competing with the likes of Quo Vardis and El Cid for space on your hard drives probably anyway well here's the blooming news for you quite frankly let's not let's not let's not hold them up come on let's go and in this week's news we take a look at the fourth Doctor's companion in next year's comic strip adventure release The Star Beast we sneakily preview something rather special for next year's International Women's Day and there's an amazing early clip of Planet of the Drashigs yes I mentioned it before you heard that right Fudge you're a wazzock that's what you are nearly scared us to death <laughs> you're fair get yourself gone if you've just come round to be horrible oh come on Sharon I mean it Fudge I'd sooner get to school on my own Aye, I only came round to warn you. Warn me about what? Duh, the thing. The it. Creature from another world who's come to eat our bread. Don't want to be hanging around with you then, do I? I'd have no chance if the it's got to choose between us. Hey. Rianne Starbucks stars as the fourth Doctor's comic strip companion Sharon in The Star Beast by Alan Barnes. Adapted from the Doctor Who monthly comic strip by Pat Mills and Dave Gibbons. And that's released next March in a special box set with The Iron Legion. Anyone in there? Sharon, it might be a tramp. Yeah, it's February and I don't know if you've noticed, but it's freezing. Sir? So, it might be someone in need of help. Oh, heck. It is an alien. Run, Sharon! Fudge! Think he's crying. Hello. It's all right. We're not we're not going to hurt you. My name's Sharon. Sharon. What's yours? Meep! Meep! Ain't much of a name, is it? Meep. Bit weedy. That's fudge. Ignore him, Meep. Everyone else does. And here's what Rianne had to say about the experience of playing Sharon alongside the Doctor. Do you know, it's, it's amazing. And <laughs> it's great. You get to play with aliens all day. <laughs> um, and it's such a laugh. Everyone, you know, has been amazing. It is... The script is just bonkers. I mean, bonkers in a great way. Um, <laughs> but obviously having not done anything kind of aliens spacey multi-universe type anything like that before it's um it's a whole new world and it's it's great it's kind of like going back to being a kid well i mean sharon is a kid in it um but yeah it's just that element of play i suppose that's that we get to experience here yeah Great. And our tease about next March the 8th, International Women's Day, that's a Friday by the way, is just that. 
just a tease. There'll be a special release from Big Finish for that day as part of the celebrations of the social, economic, cultural and political achievements of women. Keep your eyes peeled on the bigfinish.com site to find out exactly what that's all about. We'll be posting on Facebook and Twitter too, of course. Ah, oh, it's, it's a drastic! Ah. Oh, it's nice. Oh. It's all right, it's just a big finish release. All right, well, it's coming in January 2019, and there's a brand new series of Fourth Doctor Adventures. It's featuring the brand new companion Anne Kelso, played by Jane Slavin, and one of the many monsters that she'll be up against is the Drashig, or rather, lots of flipping Drashigs. Oh, goodness me. By the way, Jane's coming to Big Finish Day. Great news, smashing news, that one. Which is next weekend, isn't it? Oh, goodness me. You're coming over here on Thursday night, aren't you? I certainly am. I'm going to go and see Magna Carta in the day and then come to you in, in the afternoon or evening or whatever, what's, yeah. What's Magna Carta? Magna Carta! The book! Oh, you mean the, the, the actual The book, thing. yeah. There's You're an exhibition go in London. It. Yeah, I really I wanted to go. there was like a band named after it. No, okay. no, no. They're doing a big... Th- the Magna Carta and loads of other old medieval documents are at the British Library or something. So I thought I'd nip oh. in quickly. Well, I'm going to be directing Neve McIntosh. Anyway. Ooh, marvellous. Uh, here's a clip, by the way. We were talking about Drashigs. Here's a very, very early clip from Planet of the Drashigs. Doctor, what do we do? Quick, this pad I tripped over. Hop up. This big metal circle? A telepad. What? For teleporting. Teleport? Oh, yes, too many questions. It'll get us out of here. Come on, step up. The Drashigs stopped. What's it waiting for? Company. What? They tend to hunt in packs and dine together. There's more of them? Shh, shh, I'm trying to get this thing to work. Doctor, I think it's decided not to wait. Come on, telepad, come on. Access denied. What? Why? Please swipe a valid Drashig World pass card. Pass card? Drashig World... Sonic screwdriver. I'll need to jerry-rig it. Cannot wait for that one, but I'm afraid it is the end of the news and we will be back with more next week. Time now for our brand new Archive Tease section, where we tease your memory cells with the first 15 minutes of an old, 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 big finish production. This week, we start a trip down my own personal memory lane with the Sirens of Time. Yes, that was our very old archive team music. Is that working, by the way? I love it. I tell you what, absolutely smashing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I sent you the file so you could hear it. Yeah. Oh, did I loved you, it. Did you? Yeah. It's it's called something like it's called Schmaltz Waltz TV theme. <laughs> I, I just I just love it. It's just that sort of slightly sleazy TV theme. You can imagine, you know, Mrs. Jones, come down from seat seventy-five. You want well, a monogram ice cube? I hope it isn't sleazy. Hello. Um, Benji, have you ever heard The Sirens of Time? I most certainly have, yeah. It's hard not to, isn't it? It's one of those... It's like a... Well, it's... it's, You sort of feel like if you're going to start it, you might as well start at the beginning. Yeah, definitely. Did you listen to it as the first one you listened to? Or did you hear something else first and then thought, oh, I must go back to the beginning? It wasn't the first one. My first one was The Genocide Machine. Ah, Daleks. Um, the Daleks. How could I not? And it looked a bit like Planet of the Daleks on the cover, and that's what lured me in. Um, ah, but no, Sirens exactly of Time... what we were trying to do. Yes. Well, it worked. Sirens of Time, um, I've, I think from there on I went and, and decided I'd, I'd get on board. But um, I remember, my memory of it is that I remember thinking it was a great introductory thing in the sense that it really um shows the variety of what you can do in audio drama from um because there was there's was a bit on the beach one there or something with with quicksand or something What's um that? some i think saw somebody was stuck in quicksand and then later there's u-boats and all crazy oh, the, time the, lord yeah, stuff there was the u-boat thing yeah, yeah and i remember thinking it's um, the u-boat that sank um the uh, lusitania yeah. in the first world war that's that bit yes i initially wrote an episode about the titanic um, but uh, the uh, I think it was Steve Cole at the BBC advised against it for reasons I can't remember. I, th- I think there were very good reasons. And so I thought, I know, let's do another sinking ship story. Let's do the Lusitania, but let's Great. do it from the point of view of the thing that sank it, really. So that was, yeah. Well, I love a bit of history. That's the thing. But it's, it's one of those ones. I think it is. I think it falls under essential uh, big finish listening. Um, did you do the sound it. design on it? I did the sound design and music. I wrote, directed, did the sound design and music. 
so you were very, 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 very involved. Well, when we started Big Finish, you know, there was um, Gary and Jason and me, and I was really uh, uh, the only one they knew who could do all those jobs. You know, at that point, Gary wasn't intending to direct. He, he said to me that I'd be directing them all, which I said was daft and that he should do some. Um, because it would just be too much work. <laughs> and uh, But then, of course, Alistair Locke came on board. We knew Alistair from back in the uh, audiovisuals days when we were doing Amateur Doctor Who plays. But yeah, so... And I was using very rudimentary equipment. I was just using a little eight-track thing. That must have been really hard, given that doing sound design... Well, that's all I knew. The millions of tracks I use for things. But it's probably a good way to... You know, it must be more involved in the sense that you've got to really manage your volumes and your different things. And well, that's right. I had to live mix it in twenty-three minute segments as well. That's because that's all the hard drive would take. And um, there's a lot of bouncing of tracks, so you combine. You know, you do a mix of various sound effects, and then I bounced it all. The yeah. trouble is because I could only fit twenty-three minutes on the on the hard drive of the eight track. I had to bounce it off through a digital optical wire. Hopefully, you know, no loss of quality uh, onto um, digital audio tape. Those little DAT wow, tapes. Wow! Yeah. Oh man. And I would keep each segment on that, and then you know, and then dub it back onto the hard drive to add music to and yeah it's quite a laborious process and i remember when i finally got pro tools when i was thinking about getting pro tools which is a, a computer system industry standard for audio editing and midi recording and all that i remember the person who recommended it to me just lent in close to me and just said it will change your life. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't realise how much it would. And it's Pro Tools is such a huge part of my life now. So this sounds like an advert. What I'm saying is multi-track recording on them. Um, <laughs> but on it's, it is a, it's essential, isn't it? Like you say, you sound of it, it's essential and it's so helpful. And the fact that you can have as many tracks as you like mm. and, and the fact that you don't have to bounce things down. I mean, you sometimes do. Um, the 11s voice you always have to you have to bounce that one down because it's oh this is for Ravenous is this it? is for oh. Ravenous there you have to um, the you have to Doctor Adventure yeah. reverse everything he says so you play his audio backwards put, yeah. put reverb or echo on it to get that um, to get the echo and then you bounce that down bounce means and re- kind and of reverse it again yeah. and then you reverse it again so the echo is before what he says yeah. so it goes that's one of my favorite effects i love doing that i've, I've always loved doing that yeah so so it's old brilliant. school but so good at yeah. the same time isn't it very clever it's good isn't it i don't know i wasn't intending to have such an intensely technical conversation about the sirens of time but yes i was using very primitive digital but very primitive equipment and it was a huge learning curve for me um, what else can I tell you about it? There are a million, a million and one things I can tell you about it. Um, but I think the best thing is for um, for you to have a listen to the first 15 minutes. Ah, this is going to be fascinating for me. Sector 8 alert. Sector 8 alert. Unauthorised capsule entry imminent. Repeat. Unauthorised capsule entry imminent. Stand 2 on Sector 8. Type 70 time capsule. Registration code negative. They could be stolen. Stasers at the ready. Stay where you are. Identify yourself. Commander, my name is Van Sell, Celestial Intervention Agency. Take me to the President of the Time Lords immediately. The President has declared Gallifrey under a state of emergency. You can go... I know! That's why I'm here, you idiot! My orders are... If let... you obey your orders, Commander, you'll be signing the death warrant of the Time Lords. This way, sir. These holographic images are being relayed from observation posts across Gallifrey. This fleet has been massing around the planet for some time now. The sky is black with their ships. And you are saying that despite all our powers, we are helpless, Vansel? I am, Lord President. But the transduction barrier... will not stop them, whoever they are. They have a technology beyond our understanding, and it's clear they mean to destroy us. This is 
Inconceivable. Their control of the space-time continuum is virtually absolute. All time capsules and time rooms have been rendered useless. We made special adaptations to the core of my TARDIS just to get me here. I don't know how long it will remain operational. Who are they? We simply don't know. They've refused all our attempts at communication. How can this have happened without our knowing? We're not sure. It's clear that there's been some distortion of established historical patterns. And we do have one clue. Which is? Before our monitoring posts were destroyed, we detected faint traces of a Time Lord's Archon energy embedded in the time distortion. A Time Lord's Archon? Have you identified the Time Lord to whom this Archon energy belongs? The Doctor. Matching up nicely. Yes. Steady, old girl, steady. Don't get overexcited. The cloister bell? Oh no. Who? Who is that? I think I should change the coordinates. That's better. Why did I do that? Lord? Doctor, there is very little time. You must... Look, if you're going to interfere in my life again, the least you could do is get a decent phone line. Now speak up! Please, Doctor, listen. Imperative urgent. What was all that about? He didn't look too happy. That sound again. Seems to be coming from outside. External environment is safe enough. Only one thing to do. Step outside. <laughs> Should have brought my pith helmet. <laughs> Someone in trouble. I can't see you. I'm following your voice. A friend. Oh, I need something sharper than an umbrella to hack through this. Keep shouting. Sinking? Quicksand. A bog or something. Don't struggle. Do you hear me? What's your name? Your name! Tell me your name! Elenia! All right, Elenia! I still can't see you, it's too dark. But you're sounding very close now. But listen to me, you mustn't struggle, do you understand? What's your name? I am the doctor, I... Uh... Doctor! <laughs> ah, you're not Elenia, I take it. She is. Take me to her. She's in trouble. Doctor, your girl. Yes, girl. She did. Soon. Get out of my way. <laughs> you find your girl. You die too. Doctor. Elenia, I take it. Now don't bother shaking my hand. Just grab my umbrella instead. Oh, God, God, reach. 
Yes, you can. Try again. That's it. How long were you in there? Oh, I don't know. Oh, long enough to go numb. Hours, I think. Why didn't she try and rescue you? She? I didn't see anyone. I think she was a female, not a creature, isn't it? Really, come on. Night's drying in. You need some dry clothes. I'll take you to my ship. Damned wheelchair. Why the old bag can't oil me wheels, I don't know. Ah, the light of my life returns. Who was it? Friends of yours? Too bad with you, Sancroft. But I do so enjoy our little chats, Ruthly. Some may call it spitting, belching and passing wind, but to me, your every utterance is simply music to the ears. My job? To keep you alive, Sancroft. My job? Change your stained sheets. Carry you to bathroom. Make your food. My job! Every day I like my job less and less. One day I forget to do it at all, maybe. And you drown in your own filth, old man. You left out the bit about wiping my bottom. You old charmer. Report, Ruth Lee. Is the prisoner well? All is well, Commandant. Good. Our long range scan picked up some ion trails in your sector. Haven't had any visitors, have you? No visitors. No way through the shield. All alone here. That's what we like to hear. You keep your nose clean, Ruthly, remember. You've only got a couple of more years to serve. There's a good girl. Come on down. Good girl. Ruthly will be free sooner than you think. Yet. Yes. Ah, this is it. Now, let me just get my key. Um, is, is that your ship? Appearances can be deceptive. Oh. What's the matter? It's a... Uh, it won't open. I don't understand. It's as if some force is shutting me out from the interior dimensions. What do you mean? Here. Take my coat. It's really quite dark now. It's probably going to get a lot colder. And you're in shock. Oh, what a way to end a geology field trip. Dying of exposure. You're far from dead yet, Helena. How did you get here in the first place, anyway? Why are you looking at me like that? Forgive me. There's something about you. Have we met before? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, I was in a crash. They all died. Who all died? My friends, the pilot, my favourite tutor, Janice. I should have died with them, but I was in the deep freeze, storing specimens when it happened. It must have protected me. What happened? This planet wasn't on the charts. We came across it by accident. It was shielded from detection somehow. We just happened to be pulled off course by its gravity. They were going in for a closer orbit when I went into the deep freeze... I heard the pilot on the intercom said something about an atmospheric disruption. What about you? I received a warning from my people. Then I heard something calling. And now I'm locked out of my own TARDIS. <sighs> oh, but never mind me. We've got to find you some shelter. That creature, that woman must live somewhere near here. We've got to find some civilization. Come on. Another ship?
is going on here? Didn't sound like there'll be any survivors, did it, Doctor? Come on, Elenia. Another ship. That's eight this week alone. What's happening? Are your precious shields failing? Not my shields. Come, bet for you. You getting fat, old man. Careful, that was my leg. You stay in bed all night. Ruthley, who do you think is sending the ships? How can I tell? They smashed through planet ship, crashed, destroyed. No survivors. But if the shield is failing, perhaps one day... Don't get hopes up, Sankroff. Nobody is putting you out of my misery. Now, sleep. Sleep, you stupid old baggage. I haven't slept for years. Oh, Are you all right? Yes. No. Oh, I don't know. It's so dark, I can't see where I'm going. Oh, I'm being so pathetic. No, you're not. No, you're not. It's not as if you've twisted your ankle, is it? Hmm? Just sit down and rest a moment. Oh, no, not on that. <laughs> Nasty spines. <laughs> <laughs> what now, Doctor? Oh, well, if you just excuse me, I think there's an old pair of field glasses in my jacket you're wearing. Oh, sorry, here we are. Yes. Oh, thank you. Any sign of life? Apart from the sort that wants us for supper? Uh, not that I can see. Oh, wait a minute, yes. Yeah, uh, a light. Square. Looks like a window. About a half a mile away, I should say. Half a... Is that close? Close enough. Come on. Another one? What is this? The planet suicide? Or kamikaze. What? Pilots willing to sacrifice their lives for a greater cause. I don't see any causes to follow around here. Doctor, it's coming this way! Let's get a move on, shall we? Transmission encrypted. Alicia responds. Poor vessels break through shield. Confirmed. Four vessels break through shield. All others destroyed on atmospheric entry. We have lost navigational control on all vessels. Bio-assassin cultures will activate on impact. Alicia understands night. And there you have it. Stopping at a random point 15 minutes in. Is it the first time you've heard it? Is it the last? Has it inspired you to go back and have another listen? Well, a lot of what we do is about nostalgia. And since that's nearly 20 years old, I suppose that qualifies as our very own big Finnish brand of nostalgia. Seems odd, but it's true. <clears throat> yes, anyway, onwards... I was going to say, the original, you might say. Um, yes, well, it's now time for competitions. So we're wrapping up the last competition and unwrapping a new one. So first up, let's draw one to a close. The prize, Doctor Who, The Early Adventures, an ideal world, drama teased on this very podcast a few editions back. The question, the story features the rather wonderful actor, Maureen O'Brien in the role of Vicky, the first Doctor's companion. In 1987, she played a regular character in the UK medical drama Casualter. What's the character's name? The subject line was Nurse! And the closing date was Friday the 26th of October. And the winner is... Daniel Hughes, who writes... Greetings, Lord Cliff... No, 
Greetings, <laughs> Sir Clifford and Lord Briggs. Never been a Sir before. It should be Sir Benji and Lord Briggs. You know, that's my when you Sirs have the first name and Lord has the last name. I learnt that the other day. I'm just that's an interesting. That and of course, there's you there. or you would have Esquire, which would be Nicholas Briggs Esquire, wouldn't it? Yes. Yes. Without the the pre, very interesting. That was the names, uh, historical names, formality <laughs> podcast. Ve- very interesting. I'm, I'm sure that's slightly overselling Int- it. Interest me. Handy for a pub quiz. But yes, so the uh, the message here says, uh, thanks for making my Sunday with your big finished podcast. Aww. Maureen O'Brien played Elizabeth Straker in 15 episodes of Casualty. There we go. That's the answer. Postal address here is xxxxx Harlow Essex xxxxxxxxxxxxx. Redacted. Redacted. Yes. Yeah. We didn't want to give you Daniel's personal address, so you can go around there and steal that off him. Not. Not that I'm saying that any of you listening would be minded to do that. I've got myself into a vortex of confusion. Elizabeth Slaker of Slaker Straker, obviously a relation of Ed Straker in UFO. That's a fact. Like uh, like Tony Filer is the son of Bill Filer in Claws of Axos. Um, I've um, I've added the download of Doctor Who: The Early Adventures and Ideal World to your account, Daniel. There were a number of Daniel Hugheses, but I think I got it right. There was a clue in in your address. There was a clue to your address in your username. I hope I got that right. Anyway, so to our new competition, the prize, the Seventh Doctor New Adventures, which are out next month. Starring Sylvester McCoy as the Doctor with Yasmin Bannerman as Roz and Travis Oliver as Chris in a box set of four exciting adventures in space and time. Here's the trailer. Dead. 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 Now let's be gentle about how we tell the others. We don't want to start a panic. Are you going to say it or shall I? Come on! Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who. The Seventh Doctor New Adventures. Volume 1. I see three humans, two male, one female. They've got a thing with them. A thing? Be more precise. Okay. Three people and a box. An actual box. Those are rather big guns for one so young. That's a rather big mouth for one so old. Who are you? My friends, call me the Doctor. I didn't catch your names. I'm Ros Forrester, this is Chris Quetch. This is your challenge, a challenge quite different than any you may have faced before. When the timer runs out, your time runs out, unless you can find out how to escape. How charming. A mysterious island, a group of strangers, a dash of mathematics, and a dollop of inclement weather. (laughs) Swim for shore! We have to swim for shore! Everyone, jump! Green! We voted against this! I can't protect you from a punishment if you disobey the vote! No! No! Put that gun away! Green! Ah! Attack incoming! They're counting down! Five, four, three, two, two, one! Big Finish. We love stories. Some things coming to play. The question, who did Yasmin Bannerman play in Doctor Who in 2005? Subject line Sorry, for this I one. I wrote that very badly. <laughs> who did, did Yasmin Bannerman play Doctor Who in what? <laughs> yeah, it's who did Yasmin Bannerman play in Doctor Who in 2005? Subject line for this one is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> sounded, which sounded like some bloke with... with problem speaking um and the closing date for this is friday the 9th of november 2018 so my dears good luck and now for the glorious return of listeners email Ah, nothing like an email is it it says here jamie's gonna say (laughs) that's really weird isn't it I put Jamie instead of Benji there. Oh, well, Jamie can say it for me then. No, I love an email. Oh, Emails a hangover are... from last week's script. <laughs> Emails are rocking. We've got some. We got plenty it. of them for you. 
they all come in a big old box and we look through them see what emails are there uh, sort the bits of paper out into a separate paper bin where we then sift through them and read them so this first one here uh, is from John G. Wood Uh, Dear Nick, Benji and slash or Jamie well I I don't know who I am anymore Um, (laughs) I've just listened to the latest podcast and must say that Jamie makes a fine Benji substitute Uh, we already uh, knew he worked as a Nick substitute yes he did that's That's right the Benji Nick show two weeks running wasn't it yeah and the big finish podcast he did at least one maybe two yeah which is not to say that I didn't miss Benji of course but I hope he was having a great time on the continent Uh, you three are quite the tag team podcasters now aren't you certainly are yeah well, we help each other out that's what we do um what is it with jamie and food i've recently finished re-listening to the two masters trilogy and in the extras he twice mentions the roast pork that he was cooking when he got the job <laughs> makes good improv discussion though i'm luckier than nick in that everybody in our family loves sprouts oh a particularly fine way of having them for non-veggies is with bacon and cream, which has become a regular feature in our Christmas dinners. Wow. And they're great, even if you just steam them. We are more divided on courgettes, with the mm. girls loving them and the boys not keen. Based on this and the evidence from the podcast, I think it must be genetic and down to the Y chromosome. Why Seven people chromosome? Must, why, why chromosome? Why? Seven people must constitute a scientifically convincing sample, I'm sure. Yes, it's irrefutable proof. It of is something. right there. Write yeah. a thesis, old boy. Write a paper on it. I mean, the thing about Jamie and food. Uh, Jamie and food and me. We talk about food a lot, actually. I do that with my mother as well. Every time I speak to my mother, we end up talking about food and supermarkets and bargains. And Jamie and I, we're talking about food and restaurants and you know, pigging out basically. <laughs> well, you would have found Germany interesting. It was just sausage, 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 um, schnitzel, sausage. Um, and lots of pretzels. I mean, it was very enjoyable, but um, but after a few days, yeah, you get a bit get a bit peckish for something else. Mm, um, yeah, mm, but so variety. I can imagine they don't have a lot of food to talk. You know, they don't have a lot to talk about on the food front. Mm, you know, mm. it's, yes, who knows? Who knows? Um, I did have an awesome kebab though. Um, yeah, I love. Oh, you can't beat an awesome kebab. German kebabs over there. <laughs> It's just something about the bread. Don't know what they do. Just oh. different. Amazing, though. Um, I don't know what this says about me, but my instant thoughts when you were trying to come up with rhymes for Dorney was horny. <laughs> me culpa. Uh, see you at Big Finish Day, John. Yes, we were... Because someone... A review began with Matt Fitton has written, and I kept saying, Matt Fitton has written, and then John Dorney came out. I said, what rhymes with John Dorney? And that's what you can come up with. I'm, I'm sure John would love that. I, uh, I just love Matt Mitten when we, when we did a bat, big finish day ages yes. ago. <laughs> On the website, they put Matt Mitten. Oh, I love it, love it. We've, we've also called him Fat Mitten, which is not very nice. He isn't fat. Uh, here's one from Darren Harris. Hi, Nick and Benji. I haven't written in a while. You're not Matt Fitton then. I hope things are going well. Firstly, I want to say that I have thoroughly enjoyed Hour of the Cybermen. That's that one fairly recently, wasn't it? With yeah. all the with lovely 80s yeah. music by Steve Fox and, and David Banks returning. Yeah, uh, I've listened to it at least twice since its release. It's one of the best Cyberman stories you have ever produced and is definitely up there with spare parts. Would love to hear more 80s Cyberman stories. Yeah, we must, must, must do that. So I may as well have that as my first question. Will we get more of those? Yes. Uh, Nothing actually in the plans at the moment, but I I must make that happen. Excellent. Uh, Keeping with Doctor Who for a moment, I'm a real fan of the classic series stories of State of Decay, Ghost Like, Curse of Fenric, and the new series stories of The Impossible planet stroke satan pit audio stories from your good selves including master and of course who can forget the double christmas story in ravenous 2 yeah that's true with the what's the name of the is it called the grat no krampus the krampus krampus that's that is little uh horrible little elves creatures yes. with them there 
I remember reading the story of that and thinking, that's going to terrify me. It's almost a shame that we didn't get that story for Christmas, as it would have been an excellent story to have as a Christmas release. I do like the darker horror-themed stories. So any chance of more Doctor Who horror stories? I dare say there will be. We will always veer towards the, the horrifying from time to time. Can't go too far. It's a family show, you know. I've also heard that Countermeasures is no longer going to be produced apart from what is coming in Christmas and in Legacy of Time. If this is indeed the case, then this saddens me considerably as I'm a real fan of countermeasures. The only reason why I didn't buy anything from the recent countermeasures special offers is because I have bought them all already. Uh, If it is a case of low sales, then I would like to encourage listeners to go out and buy them and give them a chance as they are great stories and well put together. Well, can't disagree with that, John, but you know, economic reality is economic reality. Okay, uh, this is so annoying. I've got a terrible cough today that came from nowhere. Okay, I'll I'll sign off for now. Take care and keep up the good work. P.S. Buck up! And finally, this one from Matt Mayhew. Nick and Benji and perhaps Jamie. Just want to highlight the praise for Terror Hawks. I'd never watched it uh, as a TV programme being a child of the mid to late 90s during when Thunderbirds was rerun. Having listened to Series 1 in the last week and absolutely loved it. The mixture of serious drama and camp comedy and the storytelling is brilliant. As uh, a fan of 80s music as well, I love the music and didn't realise until I heard the extras that it was the original music. The original, uh, you might say. (laughs) Uh, And not new stuff composed in an 80s style. Still uh, got two series left to go. Space Sergeant 101 is a brilliant character and possibly my favourite Zeroid. 10 out of 10 from Matt there. No, no, he's saying 10-10, which is what they say in terms of 10-10. 10-10. Oh, there we go. Yep. Oh, I misread that. Yep. Of course, 10-10. Mm. Uh, yes, th- uh, that's it for the emails. Because of our new podcast structure, it'll be a couple of weeks before we're back with the emails. Next week, we'll be focusing on the latest releases, rounded up, uh, and with review clips, along with our guest star interview featuring Fraser Hines and Emma Sams. Yeah. Isn't that intriguing? It is. Mm. Mind you, if there's a real avalanche of email complaints, I'm sure we can squeeze the odd email in here and there. But it's only if it's very odd, Mark you. So, any moment now, we're going to get you in the Halloween frame of mind with a right old chiller. The Tony and Cassandra Mysteries Series 2. Um, the Mystery of Stoneheart Studios by Philip Meeks, that's the title. Uh, but before that, Nick and I will do our best to make a trailer for this here podcast. Let's go. Right, I'm going. No, I'll stay and do this. <laughs> Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, a podcast released on the 28th of October, nearly Halloween, 2018, uh, featuring the Sirens of Time, Tony and Cassandra, and other stuff like what, Benji? Well, we have our usual features. Benji, you're back. Yes, I'm back. Yes, I am. I certainly am travelling around uh, Germany and and all that. I am now sat here in the podcast chair. And uh, it's a bit of a shake-up this week, isn't it? Because not only do we have the regular fixtures like the competition, uh, listeners' emails and uh, a drama tease, which is the Tony Cassandra Mysteries Series 2, The Mystery of Stoneheart Studios by Philip Meeks. Uh, We also have a slightly different little thing. What have we got, Nick? We have the Archive Tease, where we look at the first 15 minutes of The Sirens of Time and have a bit of a chat about it and give you a chance to listen again to that. You know, you've probably already bought it, but you never know. You might want to go and buy it or just go back and listen to it again. It's a trip down memory lane. What, you mean we're not tasting old-fashioned different types of tea, different blends of... of... No. But I Did thought, you want to do that? I thought it was like an Archive of Tea. Archive oh, tease. Uh, uh, it's a golfing thing, isn't it? Like teeing. <laughs> no. Okay. Sorry, I got the wrong end of the stick. But it's a. It's it's on the podcast. Check it out. Well, uh, what do you think of that as a trailer? Yeah, I thought it was rather rather sharp, rather fun, rather amusing. Great. Good. And as previously advertised, time now for Dark Shadows Spookiness as we join Tony and Cassandra as they investigate the mystery of Stoneheart Studios. And when they met, it was murder. Uh, all sounds perfectly unscary to me. Yikes! 
there's a saying in my world. You can take the girl out of the witch, but you can't take the witch out of the girl. At least I think that's how it goes. Anyway, dear listener, I'm happy to report it's wrong. I'm the proof. As Cassandra Collins' private investigator, I've never felt so human. Of course, since the cases Tony and I take on always lean towards the unusual, my otherworldly skills are still useful. But I'm striving to keep them at bay. I want my human qualities to come to the fore. Determination, loyalty, self-control, and imagination. These can be as powerful as anything concocted from a spell book. Especially the last one, as Tony and I were soon to discover. It was summer, and I was at the office early waiting for Tony, who was late. I know, I know. Good afternoon, Mr. Peterson. I'm sorry. I've spent the last hour calming down a client who keeps referring to me as your secretary. Oh, Myron Ratzenberger's here already? Yeah, he took the red eye from L.A. Uh, Miss Moorhead on the first floor of my building needed help. And you could never resist a damsel in distress. Oh, she's 83. She leaves meatloaf out for the raccoons. One had gotten inside. She's already been warned twice by the super. Supernatural detective and raccoon wrangler. My hero. Ratzenberger's in the office. You know, this could be a very lucrative contract and exciting. He's from Hollywood. Yes, he kept telling me. He seemed to think I should know who he is. I don't. Well, he's a voiceover artist who created the characters for a a string of hit cartoons in the 50s. Curdle Spoon Sourpuss, the detective with nine lives? Ring any bells? Not even a dull clang. He's waiting in the office for the guy whose name is on the door. I run down to Pedro's and get us some coffee. What? You're as bad as he is. I don't miss Rita enough to take her place as chief cook and bottle washer. The client's waiting in my office. Our office, which desperately needs a new secretary. You know we've been too busy to sort that out. And who's been doing all the work? You. You're brilliant, and I count my blessings every day. But I need coffee, and Myron doesn't want to speak to you. Well, nobody needs to go to Pedro's. I got us a new percolator. Oh, those things cost a small fortune. Unless you used other means. Well, it didn't get here by magic. You had some surplus in your checking account sitting there, so I spent it. How did you access my checking account? Oh. Odd little spell now and again is neither here nor there. Now, regarding the coffee, I take mine black. What about this one? One day that dreaded kitty cat will be mine. All mine. Mm, Sorry. Coffee is served. (laughs) Did I just hear Valentine Erie, the vulture from Cobweb Gulch? At last, someone who remembers. Tony Peterson. Sorry I'm late, Mr. Ratzenberger. Call me Myron, kiddo. Why did Valentine want Kitty Cat to be his? Mm, Because she'd have made a tasty morsel. But vultures eat only carrion. Oh, don't worry. Kitty Cat always won the day, and Valentine always got his comeuppance. We made over 150 Valentine shows. And yet he never learned his lesson? She may be pleasant on the eye, Mr. Peterson, but do you always let your secretary chime in? Oculus Bufo, Digito Maleficent. Oh, she's my partner. I can't believe she's never heard of me. Where was she in the 1950s? In another century. The one where you got your attitude towards women. I did some research last night. Stoneheart closed its doors in 1961 after a series of accidental deaths at the studios. And that's all they were. But rumors ran riot about a Stoneheart curse. Typical Hollywood gossip. Nobody would work there. Sonny Stone and Harry Hart made their first shot in a garage in a hick town in Ohio. Self-made men, but everything they built up fell back down again in no time. 
I read that Stone and Hart both died recently. Mm, but Harry's daughter, Tina, refuses to let her father's work die, too. This is meant to be the big comeback for the studio. There's been a lot of coverage about it in the Hollywood trade press. And then that young actress had to go and get herself killed. Oh, most inconsiderate. There's a lot of money riding on this picture. I've even poured my life savings into it. Things haven't been too hot on the work front since Stoneheart went under. What have the police said about the death of Duffy Guzman? Their investigation's ongoing. Meanwhile, the rumor mill's turning again. We've almost finished recording the script, and the animation was due to start next month. We've lost actors, artists, and crew. And you want us to find out how Duffy died? As well as proving there's no Stoneheart curse. We've booked flights to Los Angeles first thing tomorrow morning. That's assuming you want the case, which I sincerely hope you do. It's a no-brainer. Um, we specialize in cases concerning the uncanny, Mr. Ratzenberger. Why have you come to us with such a straightforward murder? Because it's anything but straightforward, dear. Duffy Guzman was sealed in a recording booth on her own when she was dispatched. Her murder was completely impossible. walked all the way from Lucille Ball. Oh, just a few blocks more. Come on! I've never seen the Hollywood stars on the sidewalk. Oh, look, Joan Blondell. Yvonne DiCarlo. Oh, I miss the Munsters. Uh, too close to home for me. Oh, this should get your nose out of that copy of Hollywood Scoop. 6322. Humphrey Bogart. Come on. You've got to find this a little bit exciting. Yeah, you know what Bogey said. You're not a star until they can spell your name in Karachi. I wonder if poor Duffy Guzman dreamed of getting a Hollywood star. There are eight pages about her death in here. Born in 1951, made her debut two years ago in a low-budget horror flick. Started to get a name for herself as a scream queen. Very public affairs with two of her co-stars at the same time. And she's been cited in the divorce cases of two major executives. I'm sure you don't get the sort of profile that makes the scoop want to write about you without collecting some significant enemies along the way. Yeah. Let's get a cab. We're due at the studios. at the legendary Stoneheart Studios, home of America's all-time favorite animated characters. Sonny Stone and Harry Hart entertained an entire nation. Their careers launched with the classic shorts featuring two riotous roosters. That's right, Ruffle and Squawk. When the lonely widow Mrs. Tremble buys a pair of lovebirds, there's a crazy mix-up at the pet store. She returns with two fighting roosters, hilariously determined to destroy each other at all costs. of her own vast size meant her antics always had uproarious results. And Cleo the snake, determined to win the heart of her owner by devouring his wife. Hey, peaches. Let Cleo give you a little squeeze. 
and Stoneheart's most celebrated creation, the detective with nine lives. My hackles are horizontal and ready for takeoff. Curtis Spoon Sourpuss, who together with his zany sidekicks Daisy and Mitch, was an unstoppable solver of the scariest, kookiest mysteries ever. No, we could give him a run for his money. I'm listening to this. Now Stoneheart Studios is about to be. Zoinks. There go the lights. Does that happen often up here? Uh. At least we don't have to listen to any more of that nonsense. I take it you're not a fan of Stoneheart cartoons? Oh, they unsettle me. And you know how hard it is to do that. Sorry you've been waiting. I'm Miss Hart's assistant director, Randall Merrick. Your security guard has kept us entertained. Afternoon, Mr. Bluff. Yeah. Mr. Bluff is a man of few words. This building's been standing empty for years, so the electricity supply is unpredictable. Especially when a storm's brewing. It's never out for long. See? Now let me give you a quick tour of Stoneheart Studios. Buzz is through, Mr. Bluff. Enjoy your visit to Stoneheart Studios. Studios are bigger than they look. Most of the building's underground. What does an assistant director do, Mr. Merrick? A bit of everything. In this job, I'm even acting, playing Mitch. Curdlespoon Sourpuss's sidekick? That's the one. I love that show. Weren't you too old? The original Mitch actor wasn't available. Well, he choked on a burrito in the canteen in 1959. One of the five accidental deaths that originally closed this place down. I wouldn't place any bets on those deaths being accidental. So this is where the magic happens. The art room. The entire animation process. From penciling to filming 24 frames a second. Will you look at these? Amazing! The very first film cells of all the biggest Stoneheart characters. Cleo, Barbara Bison, Valentine Erie. And these were, were drawn and painted by Sonny Stone and Harry Hart? It's a miracle they survived. Tina wanted them displayed in the reception area, but it was too risky. Why? Animators used cellulose diacetate in the 50s. It wasn't very reliable, even when it was new. Very sensitive to temperature changes and moisture in particular. It's safer to keep them here, sealed for posterity. All the famous characters appear in the feature you're working on? Curdle Spoon and Company. The fans love a crossover. As well as Myron, Tina tracked Agnes Audley down to her apartment in Rancho Cucamonga, convinced her to play Barbara and Cleo again. She's here? I loved her. Yes, but on her own planet. And she's gained a lot of weight. Apparently, she quit smoking when they closed Stoneheart, took up cheese instead. Well so how do you manage to get all the characters in one story? It's the script they were filming as they closed. A Stoneheart original. The detective enlists his pals to defeat an acid-spitting mummy. Necrata, queen of corpses. This is for children? Yeah, kids love being scared. I know I did, but there was nothing else to watch but these cartoons when I was a kid. You know, maybe one day someone will have the sense to use horror as the premise of a long-running serial for the whole family. I wouldn't hold your breath. Anyway, there's nothing supernatural about Necrata. She's an ex-showgirl, bitter at being swindled out of her inheritance. All of Curdlespoon's enemies turn out to be bad guys, not spooks. His adventures are rooted in reality. And yet he's a talking cat. A talking lion. His portrait has its own wall. Pride of place, you might say. He's meant to be that color? I'm sure they had their reasons for it at the time. Were you here the day Duffy died? In the control room of the recording studio, through here. I thought you'd want to hear this. Duffy was in the recording booth on the studio floor. She'd finished her last line. <laughs> Your final line's in the can. That's Daisy wrapped. Duffy? Keep away from me. Duffy? What the hell are you? Ah! 
been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review, yeah, yeah. and subscribe. 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 Away from me, Duffy. What the hell are you? You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review, yeah, yeah. and subscribe. 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 subscribe.